Hi and welcome to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm your host Renee Bennett and this is a leadership podcast for ordinary girls compelled to lead an extraordinary life. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. Hello parentals and non-parentals, how are you? It's Renee here. So good to be with you again on another Friday episode of Parenthood. Hey, can I just ask before we start, if you have not left a review yet on Apple Podcast, but you enjoy this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you could go and do that. It's so, so helpful and I appreciate it so much. All right, so where are we headed? What are we going to do today? Uh, Well, the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about parenting inside the funnel, and so I want to finish that off today. Now, it will make sense if you want to just listen to this as a standalone episode, but if you want to get the benefit of the whole thing, I would suggest that you go back and listen to last week and the week before. So where we've been is uh, this whole concept of talking about parenting inside the funnel and what that means, which basically just means that we should only be granting freedoms to our children at a rate that they can handle them Um, and granting too many too quickly or the opposite, which is restricting freedoms when they're capable. uh, Both of these things would result in parenting outside the funnel and it makes our children either confused or frustrated. Then last week, I talked about how there were three different ways that we can grant too many freedoms. And I listed them, but I only got to the first one. We spent so long on that. And that was to do with decision-making freedoms or choices. So last week got so much feedback from you guys. Um, and we, we really delved deep into, is my child addicted to choice? And am I giving them too much choice within a day? And what we didn't get to, but we're going to get to today are the verbal freedoms and the physical freedoms. And how are we parenting in those two areas? So before we move on, just remember that when we give too many choices, we need to consider are those choices outside of our child's intellectual, emotional, or physical readiness? Now, how did you go with your homework? If you listened last week, you know I set you some practical homework, which I like to do, and that was to observe how many choices you give your child in one day, maybe even one hour, let alone a week. We talked about the example last week of breakfast. You know, uh, do you give your child a choice on what they eat and what they drink and what color plate it's served on and color spoon and the color bowl and on and on. So I got a lot of messages from a lot of mums telling me, whoa, I've got some work to do. But you know what? Good for you. Good for you guys for listening and good for you guys for going, oh, I've got some work to do and I'm going to change some things in this area. I think that's honestly amazing. So I want to touch today more so on the verbal freedoms. We'll finish off with the physical freedoms because this is another area apart from choice that most parents don't realize that we need to be aware of. So just today I was shopping for my dinner at Coles and I walked past a mum who had a toddler and probably maybe like a four or five year old boy in the trolley. And as I was going past, minding my own business, they didn't catch my ear, my eye, but they caught my ear 
because of how this child was talking to his mother. Now, needless to say, we were in the lolly aisle. I was not getting lollies, guys. Not that I don't eat them, by the way. (laughs) I don't know why I was going down that aisle. I was going to the cash register. Anyway, it was in the lolly aisle and the mother says, oh, let's get some Skittles. And the boy shouts out, they're my Skittles. And the way that he said it, I was like, hmm. To which the mum says, no, they are to share. And then this child comes back again protesting, no, they're mine. And then the mother says, well, sit down or you won't get any Skittles. Now, I walked past and then I waited for about five seconds and I turned around and needless to say, the kid was not sitting down. He was still standing. And I also have no doubt that that child will get Skittles later on and the mum, no doubt, will not follow through on what she said. Now, There was literally so much wrong with that 15 seconds that I heard all of that take place. I thought, oh man, this lady needs my podcast. Uh, But she literally did everything wrong that she possibly could have as a parent. That mum had no control over that boy whatsoever and the child knew it. But for the sake of what we're talking about today, let's just focus on what happened verbally The way that this child was allowed to speak to his mum was way outside the funnel. He was way out of the bounds of how a five-year-old should talk to an adult. But unfortunately, this is really not the exception anymore. I hear this all the time. I hear children being rude or Uh, debating their parents or being defiant of their parents or just flat out telling them no, or their tone is rude. It, It literally is a common occurrence for that to happen all the time. So I want to really shed some light and put some importance on, um, the way that we let our children speak because it really, really matters. It matters how we let them speak to, uh, to us. It matters how we let them speak to other adults And it matters how we let them speak to other children. But you know, too, let me say also the way we talk to them also matters because we need to be modeling how we talk by the way that we speak to them. And what we let them talk about also matters as well. So how we speak to our children and how they speak to us actually greatly affects their patterns of behavior. Let me give you an example. I can guarantee you that the children, for example, who ask their parents permission to do something, like they're very respectful verbally, like they ask their parent permission, for example, to go and play in the backyard. In general, children that are like that are better behaved than children who tell their parents what they're going to do. So you can see the way that a child speaks actually has a lot to do with their behavior. So we need to set up boundaries, um, not just with the child's choices, but with how they relate to us and other people verbally. And this actually has a lot to do with not just what they say, but actually with their tone. Listen to the way that your child talks to you. Listen to the way your child talks to their grandparents. Listen to the way that they talk to other adults or other children. I mean, just listen in the supermarket. It's very interesting. So here are some questions that perhaps you can ask yourself to gauge where your child um, sits when it comes to their verbal uh, freedoms. Um, Ask yourself things like, 
is my child bossy? And be honest, is my child bossy? Are they bossy to me? Are they bossy to their siblings? Are they bossy to other children? Is my child rude or sassy or demanding with their brothers or sisters? Does my child need to always have the last say? I had one of those. One of my children always wanted to have the last say. It took me years (laughs) to deal with that one. Uh, Is my child's speech demanding? Like that boy in the shop today, mummy, I want, that's mine. Or perhaps your child listens into adult conversations or even tries to join in. So we really have to address the tone that comes from our child. Otherwise, they're assuming that they are a peer with you and with other adults instead of you being the parent. So then your instruction becomes more of a mere suggestion, not uh, something that you want compliance for. So what we need to do is to pull um, to pull that in and to set some verbal boundaries. And I use the word boundaries, but if you flip that around, um, what we're really teaching them is what level of freedoms that they can have. So let me give you a bunch of ideas and examples on how to do this and what to look out for. And just remember that the reason that you're doing this is because you're actually modifying their character. And then, of course, we know that their character leads to their behavior. So again, the first time obedience training comes in handy here. So remember the very first three episodes I think I did on parenthood were all to do with first time obedience because that whole concept is something that really undergirds a lot of the rest of the parenting that you that you do for the rest of your parenting. It's it's so important. So go back, refresh your memory, go and listen to that again. But it's handy in this case because again, we can insist on the way that they should speak to us with that whole, I would like you to do such and such, and I would like to hear a yes, mum. So we are teaching, actively teaching them how to speak to us. So we need to give parameters for their response. For example, Mary, mummy wants you to come inside now and I'd like to hear a yes, mum. So we're actively setting those parameters for them. We need to actively also tell our children when they do speak to us in a way that's unacceptable. We need to say to them, no, that is not how we speak to mummy. Or no, that is not how we speak to Nana or your brother. So if that little boy were in my trolley today, number one, I wouldn't have reached for the Skittles. There would be no Skittles. And I would have said to him, you do not speak that way to mummy. And now there are going to be no Skittles. No doubt there would have been a tantrum after that. Uh, So another thing we should do is to give our child plenty of examples and coaching. I did that a lot with my kids. I would coach them all the time and teach them how I did want them to talk. For example, think about when your child uh, meets another adult. You might, you know, go somewhere and the adult says, oh, hello, Matthew, how are you? Well, we need to, before we get to that, we need to coach our children on how we expect them to speak and how we expect them to respond. So I used to actually role play this with my children. And depending on how old they were, I expected different levels of responses, but let's just say they're quite young and you bump into a friend and they say, hello, Matthew, how are you? So you teach your child that when that happens, you expect them to say, hello, whatever they call that person, I'm good, thank you, with some eye contact. We need to make it unacceptable for them to not say hello 
or to turn their eyes away or to put their fingers in their mouth and to do the whole cute thing. It's actually not cute. It's rude. And even if they're shy, which I used to be as a child, my mum never let shyness be an excuse for rudeness. So even though I was shy, I knew that my mum still expected me to have good manners. So we need to coach our children in how they should talk. Another thing that I've done is if my children were rude to me, I would actually say to them, you do not have the freedom to speak back to me like that. So they would often hear that from me and they knew what it meant. So if your child is rude, you need to tell them straight away. You don't have the freedom to speak to me that way. Um, And another area that we need to think about also is the way that our children address other adults. So am I teaching my child respect? So to this day, Cameron and I can go places to speak and different young people, no matter where we are, will often come up to us and say, hey, Annie Renee, hey, Uncle Cam. And other people around are like, what? Are you related to Cameron and Renee? I didn't know you were related. Now, no, we're not related, but all of our parents, all of their parents were friends of ours. We all came from the same church in Adelaide and we all taught our kids to respect um their our our friends by calling them auntie and uncle. So all of our close friends, we were too close for our kids to call our friends Mr. and Mrs. That was like too kind of cold and distant. Um, but we didn't want our little children using first names of our friends either because we thought that that was a bit disrespectful. So we all kind of adopted this auntie and uncle um, kind of title and to this day, Cameron and I love it. I get messages still from different young people, one in particular that I'm thinking who I know listens to this podcast, who I love. We were really good friends with her parents and now she's married and she's got a little child of her own and she still will always message me and go, hi, Arnie Renee, how are you? And then we chat a bit and I love that. But we set the tone when our children were young, how they should address adults. And so that could be a good tip for some of you where you're not quite sure, you know, you don't want your children calling adults by first names and last name seems too cold. So auntie and uncle was awesome. So let me give you an example that happened a few years ago uh, at a church that we were at, um, an example of what not to do. There was a familiar adult around at the time. Uh, let's just call him Mark. And Mark was a senior member of the leadership team at this church. And I remember some of our, um, some other kids that were around at the time were trying to get his attention and they were shouting at him, uh, Mark, oi, Mark, Mark. And my kids looked at me horrified because we had taught them, number one, if you address this person, it's Uncle Mark, because we were quite close to him. So it's Uncle Mark. You don't just call him Mark and you don't call out to an adult like that. So, you know, children don't know these things though, unless we teach them. So we need to actively coach and teach them. Another thing that we need to do is to think about how they speak to our friends when they go to their houses. So I had a friend who used to come over to my house and their child was literally always hungry. And I never mind feeding a child, of course, like that's what you do, right? Kids come over and you feed them. But this child would always see food like in, on my bench or in my fruit bowl, um, 
on my dining table. And uh, this child would always say, and loud enough in front of me on purpose, kind of would address his mum, but was looking at me, mum, I want a banana. Mum, I want a biscuit. And I just never let my children do that kind of thing. I um, would say to my kids, you know, if we're at someone's house and you're hungry, come to me quietly and tell me, but you don't demand food that you see at someone else's house. So you can see, and I know this all sounds very strict, but you can see that I constantly was setting the tone for how my children should speak in every different circumstance. And they're not always going to get it right. And sometimes they're just going to make a mistake because they're children. And remember, I've talked about this before. When it's a childlike mistake, it's like, okay, well, I just need to correct you, but without consequence. But there's a difference when a child is stepping over that and they're not just being childlike, they're actually being rude. So really what we're talking about is another opportunity to teach our children self-control and respect and character. The way that we let them talk to other people is actually a really good reflector of their character. And that's why we need to teach good verbal skills. It also teaches them that life doesn't revolve around their whims or their wants. So I hope that's helped you just a little bit. If you have any questions about that, feel free to jump on my Instagram and ask me. But I'll set you some homework, maybe over the next um, week or so, just stop and have a listen to how your children speak, you know, to you, to other adults, but also to other children and just work out, is this something where I maybe need to bring in some more boundaries? Are they perhaps, am I allowing them to act outside of the funnel and perhaps I need to rein them in? Because remember, it's for their own good. It's for their character as well. All right, let's quickly finish off with the third one, which is physical freedom. So we've covered decision-making freedoms or choice or addiction to choices. And then secondly, we just did verbal freedoms, but let's have a quick look at physical freedoms. So again, how many times a day do you hear your child say, hey, mum, I'm going to. Does your child ask if they can do things or do they tell Because a child who tells you what he or she is going to do all the time is assuming a level of decision-making that you may or may not have granted. So if your five-year-old thinks that they have the freedom to come and go when they want and where they want, what will stop your child from wandering off at, for example, the playground or the shops? That's an example of giving too many freedoms that then we might have to pull back. And reverse. And it's not just the wandering off that's an issue, it's the child's sense that they have an independence from you, the parent, that perhaps is a freedom that they shouldn't be allowed now, but should be left when they get a little bit older. Now, this leadership from you, and yes, I call it leadership, parenting leadership, it actually brings security to a child. So my children never, when they were very young, they never told me what they were doing. They always actually asked permission. So I guess we've got a combination here of physical freedoms and verbal. So, you know, they would come and ask me, mom, can I please play with Tom next door? Um, Ashton used to ask me all the time to play with his mate next door. Now, the when we first moved into our house, I remember a few times, I'd be like calling Ashton going, where on earth is he? And the next thing he'd be out the front 
and have gone to the neighbor next door and I wouldn't have a clue. Now, the the neighbor next door, their boy was allowed to just do what he wanted, but I'm like, you're not allowed to do that. And you're certainly not allowed to go into their house without me knowing or asking the parents permission. That's giving too much physical freedom. And that was just as much about safety as it was about respect. I wanted him to be safe, but I also wanted him to be respectful because I felt like it was rude for him to just invite himself in to the neighbor's house. Uh, And so I had to teach him and say, sweetie, you can't just go off and do what you want. You need to let mommy know and you need to ask me, mom, can I please go and play with my friend next door? Now, why is all this important? Well, I've given you a few reasons, but just remember a child who has never had to ask permission for something is a child without restraint. And think of what a child without restraint becomes when they're an adult. And how many of them do we see walking around society now? People who think they can do whatever they want because that's how it's always been. So again, start with them always asking permission to do things and then slowly you can grant more freedoms. So my children, for example, never went into the pantry or the fridge and grabbed food without asking. They always had to ask first. They never wandered outside without asking. They always asked permission. So there we are with the whole parenting inside the funnel. So we've covered the three main areas to watch out for, decision-making freedoms, verbal freedoms, and physical freedoms. Now, I know sometimes I listen to this and I think, oh my gosh, they're going to think I'm so rigid and this is all so controlling, but I can't help and look at all of my friends and myself who parented like this. We've just got all, all of us have got really good kids. They were no trouble in their teenage years. And I've just seen the fruit of parenting this way. Um, But I just wanted to finish with a message that I got um, just the other day from an older teen girl. And it's just the most beautiful message. I thought, gosh, she's so wise for one so young, but it perfectly explains why I advocate for this. Okay, so this young girl was at a birthday party and she was just having a rough day. She'd been through some pretty traumatic stuff in her life and uh, she ended up crying and her friend's mum actually found her and kind of pulled her aside for a chat. So um, this girl was kind of just sharing with the mum about how she was feeling. So the mum said to her, well, hey, what kind of person do you want to be? Uh, And at that point, and I'm reading from the message, at that point in time, I didn't even know how to answer. So she said, well, tell me the character traits that you admire about my daughter and we'll go off that. Oh, the mum continued, isn't my daughter just so confident? Oh yes, something that we chose while raising her is to let her choose all her morals for herself with no guidance from us so she can grow to be a strong, independent woman. Because that's the Kool-Aid that we're that we're told, right? We're told that, you know, when we let our children make all their own decisions, we're teaching them to be strong and independent. So this girl says, I remember just nodding my head and smiling, but I couldn't stop thinking that that was a major red flag and that her freestyle of parenting was already beginning to massively backfire. I love this. Listen to this. Yes, her daughter is very confident, but she has one of the most disgusting attitudes of any person I've ever met. 
I watched her grow from being one of my really good friends into a girl who actually makes me cry and struts away happily and who encourages younger girls to party with her, goes on in class about her sex life with the person she's dating, treats her parents with an average amount of respect, and then laughs in the faces of teachers when she's told off. Um, So this girl continues on to say to me, it's been a really big learning opportunity for me. I'm actually really thankful for the amount of freedom that my parents have given me. I've been given the right amount to learn from my mistakes, but not to learn, to learn from my mistakes, but not to learn from massive mistakes. Uh, I've always been guided by my family in a Christ-like way, and she continues on. But I just thought that was, honestly, I was so blown away by that message that such a young girl can see the fruit. Immediately to her, that was a red flag because the fruit of this girl's behavior, that her mum thinks she's raised this amazing independent woman, but behind the scenes, this girl is someone that no one really of character wants to be friends with. So I hope that that message to me uh, encourages you a little bit that it is worth parenting inside the funnel. It is worth parenting uh, in such a way that we don't give choice or verbal or physical freedoms too quickly. So there you go. I hope you've really enjoyed that. Uh, Thanks for being with me again and make sure that you go and review the podcast. Like I said at the start, I so would appreciate that. And I will see you back here next week on Wednesday. Until then, have a wonderful week. Bye. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast.